and then he just gets <laughs> frosted like a cake. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is a blast from the past. Some might say he is the most inspiring of MCP content creators, and that's the one and only David Kirby. What's happening, my bud? Hello. I don't know if I go so far as to say inspiring, but I certainly... <laughs> Make the occasional blog post. That's about it. Uh, it's totally inspiring, and we love the blog. It's the ins inspiring monologue. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure to go check that out. It's uh, it's been a minute since you posted, but you seems like you're back in it again, right? Yeah, I've had some pretty major family health issues with my wife that's taken up a lot of time over the past few years. So trickling back into things now as things start to settle down and get a bit more consistent. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're back and uh, glad to have you back on the podcast here as well because you're always a good time and we have some fun stuff to talk about today and that is the reveals for Crimson Dynamo and Dark Star. So we've got the Winter Guard revealed here and they've been out for a second now so people have had a chance to kind of look at them and and have some opinions formed and whatnot, but uh, I'm excited to finally talk about them here on the podcast, and I think that these are two models that are pretty interesting, and I think the Winter Guard as a whole is is also shaping up to be very interesting from what we've seen so far, and I don't know about you, but I think the Winter Guard is a, a cool bit of like comic lore, like, all right, I want to go ahead and say off the rip just because I feel like I have to, you know, everything that's going on with, with Russia and all that stuff has no bearing on these characters and, and how we discuss these characters, these fictional characters. All right. I just want to go ahead and say that, you know, we support Ukraine at house party protocol and everything. And, and, you know, I just want to get that out of the way. Just, I don't know if I need to say that, but I am saying it. But that said, when I was a kid, I really liked Crimson Dynamo. I, I thought it was just a really cool character. And I remember reading some, I think it was like West Coast Avengers comics with him in it and being like, oh man, he looks so cool. <laughs> you know, did you, do you have any, any, anything about these characters that you remember from back in the day? You know, I can't call to mind ever having read anything about them. They may have cropped up in the background maybe or on a page or two on some comics I've read, but I've been racking my brain and I can't think of anything that I've seen them in. But I'm, all, I'm interested to learn, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive right in on these characters and let's start with Dark Star. And as always, we're going to start with the model here. And this is one that I think is 
pretty cool if I say so myself. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I like the magic twirls. She's got a bit of a weird face, but I don't know whether that's just the paint job or the sword. Probably just the paint job. Yeah, I'm going to go with mm -hmm. just the paint job, but uh, yeah, it there, there's mm -hmm. definitely something odd going on with her face there. <laughs> uh, I have to agree with you, but you know, we'll just go with it. Look, the studio painter for AMG is fantastic, so I, I trust oh, yeah. <laughs> trust his, his, his or her work, you know? But uh, yeah, it's a lot better than the URI, that's for sure. Oh, a thousand percent, because you know they actually put paint on models, David. Like that's the thing. Like I don't actually put this paint on my models. <laughs> I know. When you I... do put paint on models, be very careful when varnishing. I've got a frosty Doctor Strange that I'm hiding behind a piece of paper right now because it's upsetting. Oh, uh, yes. You know he's frosty because he's from another dimension. That's it. He's just come through his portal, through uh -huh. concrete, and he's uh -huh. shaking off some ice. That's it. Do, uh, do you watch that show, The Boys? Uh, no, I haven't watched any of that. Actually. Oh, man. Okay, well, first of all, if you don't watch The Boys, anyone out there listening, it's great. It's violent and graphic, all that stuff. But there's a, like, it's not for kids. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you, there's a scene in this most recent season where this guy opens up some doors and... This dude yells out. You hear this this off screen guy yell, "Making ribbons," and then he just gets <laughs> frosted like a cake, man. It was, <laughs> it was so bad and so funny. So yeah, you know that's, that's that totally makes sense when we're talking about these characters in MCP. But I digress. And uh, so I like the the way she's kind of swirling these ethereal things on here but i will say that one little tiny teeny tiny contact point of her foot on that that little blobby bulb down there does not inspire confidence she has indeed engaged jury mode isn't she yeah it's a uh, shuri mode indeed and uh you know it, it looks cool like it looks really cool but Oh my gosh, like I feel like I'm going to have to pin this model on here or something. I mean, mm. yeah. Here's but, a question for you. Quite a few people that haven't been adding the magic effects to their characters, so they've probably got a little stockpile of magic at the moment. Mm -hmm. Do you think they could take the magic off Darkstar, Scarlet Witch, who else have we got? Enchantress, um, Cassandra Nova, mm -hmm. merge them all together in one super giant magic form for a model? Yeah. That'd be cool. I'd love to see that. I mean, this is one where I don't, you know, I'm not the, the best hobbyist or anything like that, but I definitely would try to do something other than just that little tiny contact point there. Like the stuff on her hands I like, but that's also going to be hard to like keep on there, <laughs> you know, mm, yeah. but uh, I can deal with that. It's, it's really her foot because you know, pulling that in and out of a case over and over again is going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You could take the magic off the base, and if you could adjust their arms a little bit, you could have it doing a handstand. Oh, yeah. Now, that'd be, that'd be pretty spicy. Have, have the magic from <laughs> her hands be coming off of her feet. Yeah. It's, it's upside down, Dark Star. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't do that. Yeah, definitely I'm not. also not a very good hobbyist. No, I'm definitely not even close to good enough for something like that. <laughs> I'm trying to sculpt a new leg and arm for uh, 
moon night at the moment. Oh, fun. Not going great. Not going well, huh? Eh, that's okay. okay. It's okay, you know, it, it happens. I'll give him a peg leg. Give him a peg leg, yes. Moon Knight with a peg leg. That would be <laughs> Captain Moon Knight. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, now let's take a look at her card. So, we'll start at the top, like we always do here. Dark Star, Lanya Petranova. I hope I said that right. L Lanya <laughs> Petranova. So you, that's that's her alter ego there. But she is Dark Star, and she has a top stat line because this is the old card design. Still, I guess these guys were developed before the new cards kind of got implemented and everything. So that's why we've got yeah. the old design here. So top stat line. She has. Five stamina, she moves medium, she is size two, threat value three, she has three physical defense, three energy defense, and four mystic defense. So, pretty normal stat line. I do like the four on the mystic defense. Mm. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, she's kind of an ethereal type character, so that makes a lot of sense. And it's also worth noting, she is on a 35 millimeter base. Yes. yes. I had a brain fart then and thought you meant a 50, but yeah, small base, medium move. Pretty yeah. average for a, a average stats overall for a free threat, apart from, as you say, the, the extra die on the Mystic Defense, which is nice. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty nice as well. So, would you like to go over her attacks? Sure. So, her first attack is an energy called Dark Force Strike with a range of four, strength of five, and power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, this character gains one power, and this character may reroll all of the attack dice for this attack. That's pretty cool. The reroll all of the attack dice. So she has Eye of Agamotto built in on the Dark Force mm. Strike, but it's only going to gain her one power. So I do like that she's got some consistency here because if anybody's played like OG Strange or even the Strange Supreme, which his is a little different because he has Pierce, but it's it really is a nice bit of consistency tech to have re-roll all. Now, I don't know about you, David. When I first read this attack, the like the first time I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, she can re-roll any on that attack? Like, oh my <laughs> God, that's insane. <laughs> did, did you have that reaction at first? Yeah, and then I read it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I saw the internet freaking out and it was like, wait a second. No, no, no. She, it's just, it's just reroll all not reroll any. If it was reroll any, mm. she'd be bonkers. Yeah. Quick rules question. Does this allow her to reroll skulls in her attack? It does not because the difference mm. between this and I of Agamotto is I of Agamotto specifically says you can reroll skulls, but this one, yeah. no skulls. So so that is a, a nice catch there. I did say it was like I have Akimoto, but no skulls. But I will say, if you put her in those uh, web warriors, then she would get to reroll skulls as long as she's contesting an objective. Mm, pretty handy. Exactly. So I like that. And I think Shadowlands Daredevil allows you to do the same. So if the enemy is contesting an objective, so that'd be another you know, spicy bit of, of tech to get her those extra bit of consistency there. Get rid of them skulls. 
Mm. On the topic of theme, and you know I'm all about theme, Dark Force Strike. Dark Force is the same uh, kind of power set or access to the Dark not Dark Dimension, Dark Force Dimension, is it? That Cloak has, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's mm. uh, It's been a while since I've read Cloak and Dagger, but I think mm. that's the same thing, yes. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> oh, you'll be quoted. Now, now, now I'm locked in. Somebody's going to go read a Cloak and Dagger or someone's a big fan of Cloak and Dagger and be like, uh, Will, you idiot. Yeah, someone's pushing their glasses up. Someone going, actually. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> What's the next one? Uh, next is a physical attack called Rending Force with a range of two, strength of seven, and power cost of three. Before choosing a target, this character chooses whether this attack type is physical or energy, and it has a wild bleed. So that's interesting then, because I I feel like it's a, a pretty decent spender attack. You know, being able to choose physical energy is fine, you know, but it's range two, seven dice, and the only like real special effect it has is that on a wild you get a bleed. So when I read this attack, I don't see myself using it very often because if you want to talk about consistency and stuff like that, like I don't know the math, like somebody out there knows the math, do the math. But <laughs> the Dark Force Strike, I think, will, with the rerolls and everything, net you roughly one less success than Rending Force, like kind of on average. So when I look at that, I'm, I think to myself, well, I would rather spend her power on her superpowers than rending mm. force. I mean, even if I'm up close and personal, may, maybe if I'm attacking someone that has a, a low energy defense, like Beast, maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to want Dark Star within range two of someone. Unless they've just walked up to me and I want to hit them back before wandering off. But even then, am I going to want to spend six power, including some of the superpowers, to attack and then move and get out way further? I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's that's where I am with this attack. Like, it's definitely not a bad one. And if you've got the power and, you're, and the situation just kind of lines up, sure, take that swing. Shoot your shot. But I, hmm. I don't, I don't, you know... It's not one that I see myself using very often. No. It's there if you need it, though. Exactly. Exactly. So, now let's talk about her superpowers. She has an active superpower, which means it has to be used on her turn, called Dimensional Portal. It's going to cost you three power. Choose this character or another allied character within range three and place it within range three of its current position. The character can be placed by the superpower only once per turn. Oh my gosh, I love this teleport. <laughs> I love it. Like, Absolutely. it's Lockjaw's teleport, but not for an action. Mm. And yeah, it's just good. It is just good. And being able to teleport somebody range three is huge like i love it and when we think about her ranges here so if she's on your squad you can move 
potentially get to that midline with a dark force strike, I believe, if I'm if I'm thinking about my ranges right. I haven't measured all this out, but it's just one of those like I've played a lot, so I think I think I kind of <laughs> have the range in mind. So you could move, stay within range three of someone on your deployment line, be within range four of the midline, take a shot at somebody with a dark force strike, gain a power. Somebody maybe Wong gave her a power. Maybe you advanced R&D'd her a power before. So now she's sitting there with three power, and boom, you're using Dimensional Portal to get someone further up the board, someone more dangerous mm -hmm. further up the board. That's huge. And you can, yeah, it's massive. And you can use it as many times as you like, as long as you can pay for it. Exactly. That's, that's the pinch, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it can also, you know, one of the things that I've been doing more of lately is using my placements less aggressively and using them more defensively. So like, okay, I'm going to place the enemy character with, with the scalpel of strange over there. And then I'm going to place this character that has an objective further away from that enemy character, stuff like that. You know, instead of just only thinking about it aggressively, thinking about it more defensively as well. And I think dimensional portal is really nice for that because the range three tool is longer than a medium move. So being able to get someone out of dodge and and put them in a safer place to maybe not be attacked and stuff, I think is really huge. Mm. But why are you bringing up strange when you know I'm hurting? <laughs> well, I'm going to keep I'm doing it. Well. I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, you know, I'm going to just, just keep putting salt in that wound, okay? <laughs> you cut me real deep, right? I know. I know. I'm sorry. I've got to I've got to do it. Look, Merzane still loves to get his pictures of Omega Red, right? Just keep sending pictures <laughs> of Omega Red to Merzane, especially the part where the the tentacle is coming out of the arm. That's his favorite part. So I'm just going to keep talking about Strange Supreme just for you. That's fair. That's fair. Cool. <laughs> Go back to the Dark Star. Yes, I do agree with everything you just said. Nice. Yeah. I mean, do you do you see any other kind of interesting use for Dimensional Portal? Uh, for me, I am constantly misplaying where I put my character, so it'd be very handy to have an extra superpower to bring him back where they should be. Absolutely. I, I'm definitely guilty of that from time to time. <laughs> uh, I play more ultimate encounters, really, than um, than standard standard one-on-one -on -one games, um, just because I've got a, a group of uh, three friends, and we like to do a two-on-one or a one-on-one. -on -one, oh, nice. Um, with the clusters and such, so... Yeah, I can see it being used a lot for like the Colossus Ultimate Encounter, where movement's really critical for getting the um, psychic shields up and things like that. Nice. Yeah, that going on. Nice, yeah. I I haven't played too many of the Ultimate Encounters, so I think that'd be really cool. Oh, that's so good. I just got the um, the Hello one through the post yesterday, so I'm looking forward to giving that a try soon. Oh, yeah, I really want to see that one in action. It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks great. So got to get Heimdall and Scourge painted up first. Uh. Oh yeah, Def definitely got to got to get the team right, you know. Oh, absolutely. So next up, we have another superpower here called Dark Force Barrier, and it's a reactive superpower. So there's going to be a trigger. So we'll tell you what that trigger is when we read it through the superpower here. But it is reactive. So whenever specific thing happens, that's when you can use Dark Force barrier and it'll cost you three power when 
this character or an allied character within range 3 is targeted by a physical or energy attack, this character may use this superpower. Add two dice to the defense roll against that attack. This character or the allied character cannot be advanced, pushed, or placed by the effects of that attack. I love it. And then lastly, she has flight. I'm going to go ahead and cover that. But I love this. I think this is really great. I love being able to give characters extra defense dice because Lord knows there's a lot of damage out there these days. Oh, yeah. Helios laser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the Helios laser is, I probably wouldn't use it on that one, but yes. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm going to roll 36 dice. Okay, well, I'm going to use a Dark Force barrier real quick. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> yes. All right, I went from three to five defense against your 36. Let's go. <laughs> All crits. But uh, I've not yet had the joy of triggering the Helios laser yet. I have yet to paint my Hulk buster. It's pretty fun. Tune. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's fun. You know what I mean? It's one of those things I think Ricochet Blast is probably like ultimately a better attack in general. But, I mean, you roll enough dice. It, it's just a good time, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to trying it in the uh, Thanos Ultimate Encounter. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. But Dark Force Barrier here is one yeah, that... sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I like that it's physical or energy only because that kind of... It, it makes it interesting and, and makes Mystic stuff, I think, still nice and potent. But I like that it's also cannot be advanced, pushed, or placed by the effects of the attacks. And I know a character like Space Maw, or Meemaw, as I like to call him, is <laughs> very, very popular. Eh, so I say very, very popular. It's pretty popular. And his builder attack has an advance on it, so I like that. Well, it's mm. Mystic, but you can still... So that's the thing. You can still use this superpower to stop the advance from that Mystic attack, right? Yeah. There's probably going to be times when it's worth paying the three just so you're not getting pushed off a point, regardless of the attack. Right. And I'm actually misspeaking because it does say when you're targeted by physical or energy. So you can't use it on Maw, but you can use it against strange, regular OG strange. See, I'm over here just all out of whack. But, but look, the point remains that using it to not be advanced, pushed, or placed, I think is a very nice thing. And... It's interesting that placed is here because I can't think of an attack that places the opponent's character. Mm -hmm. Can you? No. The only one I'm calling to mind is Beast, but he places himself, doesn't he? Yeah, and then I know Killmonger can mm -hmm. place himself. Uh, you've got Moon Knight's um, avatar of Khonshu that places yeah. himself. Angela. Yeah. So, so I think it's interesting that, that they have that piece of wording on here. Yeah. Bit of future proofing, maybe. A little bit. Or something but in, in line they've got in mind. Extra defense is always a good thing, I think. Oh, definitely. definitely. So, and it's worth noting here that nothing changes on her injured side. She is exactly the same on her injured side, but that's all she's mm -hmm. got. Kind of a small mm. bit of kit here overall, but I think it's interesting and I think it's decent. Like, what what are your overall thoughts on her before I kind of get into mine? Um, 
Heimdall Light is what I first thought when I when I read a card really. I could see it being a good character for someone who's played maybe a game or two, who's got used to the rules, wants to dive in a bit deeper, but doesn't want to pick up Magneto's card or Loki's and drown in tech. It could be a good a good character for someone who wants to get in a, a bit deeper, but without being overrun by rules tech. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair. And, you know, I think that as we go through the Winter Guard on this show, you'll kind of see that I think they are shaping up to be kind of more of an entry level type character set. Like that doesn't mean they're bad. I don't, I don't want to say it like that. They, they are perfectly fine in a competitive sense and in a casual sense. But as, as we go through these, you know, we got the reveal for Ursa major. We've got crimson dynamo that we're going to be talking about here in just a minute. And then maybe red guardian, who knows what he's going to be, but so far they're shaping up to be kind of, Harkening back to the original core set, which I think is really interesting and a nice jumping on point for people. Yeah, sometimes you don't have the brain power to go full convocation. <laughs> I I still don't have the brain power to go full convocation. <laughs> I've been playing them since, you know, a while now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I but but I like Dark Star here. I think she's she's going to be power hungry more or less like you know you're gonna oh, for sure you're, you're gonna want to set her up to double tap to gain that one power off of dark force strike as much as possible i think yeah and and try to be saving her power for the opportune moments because mm. you're not going to have a ton of it throughout the course of a game if you're taking damage and stuff like that so it's it's interesting yeah yeah, and we've not yet seen tactics cards reveals or seen what Red Guardian does. Maybe there's something there that gives a bit of power to allies. We don't know yet, but hopefully something. Cause yeah, she's gonna be hungry for power. Cause dimensional portal and dark force barrier are both really fantastic superpowers. You're gonna want to trigger as much as possible, really. Oh, absolutely. Now let's talk about affiliations and other places we might see her. I mean, obviously, I think she's gonna be good in Winter Guard, but. What other affiliations do you feel like that she might fit in? Yeah, there was a couple I thought of, actually. Um, Inhumans. Uh, I don't know how many people out there are running Inhumans. I don't really see them a lot, but then I'm not too clued into the competitive scene. But being able to pass her power, I thought would be pretty handy. And same with A-Force as well, of course, with allies taking damage. Um, getting power onto Dark Star could be good. Oh yeah, I think anywhere where you can give her extra power is going to be huge. And mm. I I think the subtlest place for me is somewhere like Brotherhood, right? Yeah. And and here's why. I think she would fit really well in the right Brotherhood situation, right? I mean, she doesn't have a throw, so she doesn't contribute on the destruction of terrain and stuff like that. And she's not super damagey and stuff. But after the Asteroid M turn, where Magneto gets teleported up the board with Asteroid M to start wrecking face, after that, <laughs> Magneto is very susceptible to control. Because we, with the introduction of Standard and stuff like that, we lost things like climbing gear and extreme conditioning, which were there to kind of help Magneto get up the board. So. It's 
spoiler alert for the TTS special report this week, I played mm-hmm. Into Brotherhood and was able to control Magneto very well with Supreme with the Scalpel of Strange, placing him range three away, forcing him to have to use a bunch of actions to move back up and score points as opposed to beating my face in. So I say all that to say, if you're able to give Darkstar enough power off the rip and get her to use that dimensional portal on someone like Magneto early and save Asteroid M to kind of counter your opponent displacing Magneto a lot, I think that that could be really, really useful. And it's one of those things where I don't know if she fits in in the overall with Brotherhood. And, and I don't know if that would be necessarily, you know, meta good or anything like that. But if it's specifically into control teams, I think that that kind of thing is very, very useful. And I could see mm. Darkstar being a uh, pivotal character for stuff like that. Yeah, certainly. Just thank him. Yeah. What so, do you think of Dark Dimension? Well, oh yeah, I mean, Dark Dimension is another one that definitely helps her power situation. I mean, <laughs> for sure, being able to get two power a turn, and she, you know, the nice thing about Dark Dimension with her is she's only going to get one extra power a turn. She's only going to be gaining one on her attacks, so she shouldn't have to worry too much about the damage of the six power thing unless she just wakes up and has a bunch of power after being dazed or something. But really, she shouldn't be up in the thick of it in the first place. And if your opponent is attacking Darkstar instead of Dormammu, well, (laughs) you're okay with that as the Dormammu Dark Dimension player, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be dumping that power out every turn, aren't you, to trigger your superpowers. So the odds of you getting up to six power and taking damage is pretty slim, out of fuck. Oh, absolutely. And... I mean, Dormammu being able to get placed up range three and then use his own place, not of this dimension, to place range two. I mean, that is some serious mobility for that big boy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I, I really like that. That's a good take. And I'd be remiss. I'd be absolutely remiss if I didn't say that I definitely think she has some play in some Web Warriors. I wouldn't necessarily go there like right away. I think there's plenty of other three-threat characters. But, I mean, people out there listening know that pretty much everyone is a web warrior in my book, and I think Darkstar totally fits <laughs> within... Does anyone even play web warriors, Will? I mean, I don't as Certainly much as no I used cool. to. <laughs> Some people out there still do. I know they do. Aaron <laughs> does. He loves them. But, you know, wow. the funny thing about web warriors is, like, like they're, they're, just, they're just plain good, but... They also took a bit yeah. of a hit with the standard rules because not having any med pack or field dressing definitely hurts them. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But they are a, they're a fun team. They're great. But I think that she's really nice with them because, again, like I said earlier, if you get an objective on her, then she's re-rolling skulls with her Dark Force Strike, which is really nice. And then you've got the Dimensional Portal, which can help with a lot of different things. But also... In the Web Warriors squad, the Dark Force Barrier, being able to give people extra defense dice, and then they get the re-rolls on top of it, like someone like Miles gets his Spider-Sense re-roll, and then the Web Warrior re-roll on top of that, I think could be really yeah. nice. Definitely. 
speaking yeah. of web warriors though they're probably not going to be too keen on having to go against dark horse berry yeah no probably not <laughs> <laughs> they probably wouldn't like that <laughs> exactly so next up we have the crimson dynamo so let's take a look at his model first like we do always when we talk about a new character and i gotta say i kind of love it i kind of love it like it's it's like chonky but not like <laughs> overly chonky you know what i mean like i don't know how to explain it but it's just like it's got some heft to it like it looks like it's a big big bunch of armor there you know what i mean yeah it's got some inviting angularity exactly like you know it reminds me like to be fair he kind of looks like a space marine <laughs> don't say it i know don't i know i've invoked there. gw i'm gonna i'm probably gonna get a copyright strike now <laughs> is that a thing in podcast can you get copyright strikes on podcast probably but but i do like like you said the angularity like i'm not a good painter but it definitely opens up a lot of interesting painting like kind of like that edge highlighting stuff that's pretty fun yeah look at those shoulder pads oh i know what are they there for no one knows I mean, great. that's that's where all his energy capacitors are. <laughs> Keep yeah. in the generator. That, that's that's where he generates all his power. It's right in those shoulder pads. <laughs> I think he looks cool. I'm excited to to paint him up. That that's one that like mm -hmm. I like painting like metallic stuff, so that'll be pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Scale seventy five metallic paints, amazing. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I did my Ultron in like the RNG goldish Ultron, and I love it. Yes, I remember you saying in the podcast a few weeks back. Yep, yep. Yeah. He's it's stick on Facebook so I can see it. Send me a picture. Yeah, I will. I'll do that. Yeah, because it's uh, it's a, it's probably one of my favorite models that I've painted up just because it looks cool, and I just love those metallic paints. So. This show is not sponsored by Skills. Exactly. Definitely not. Maybe one <laughs> day. Maybe one day. <laughs> so we've got Crimson Dynamo here. Dimitri, I'm going to butcher this. Bukharin? 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 Bukharin. Something like that. Yes. But Crimson Dynamo. That's, that's really his name. Dimitri over here. So... <laughs> We're, we've got kind of a nice little nice little dense stat card here. But we're going to start on that top line. He has six stamina. He moves short. He's size three. Threat value of four. He has a four physical defense, a three energy defense, and a four mystic defense. And it's worth noting, he's on a 50 millimeter base. So he's on, on the bit of a bigger base. So that short move is going to be kind of like Venom. If you're familiar with Venom, that's that's about how he's going to move. Boo. I, <laughs> I know, right? But I do like some of this stat line here. Like, I love size three on him because that yeah. means some of those Web Warriors pulls and stuff, like we mentioned earlier, aren't going to be as effective. You know, a lot of size two throws are turned off. Mm. I really like that. Yeah, that's great. That that protects him from a, a lot of movement shenanigans, which is really fantastic considering how slow he moves. Exactly. And then I love this the defensive stat line, four three four. I mean, that's just a nice solid 
defensive stat line, I, I think, for a four-threat character. I mean, I, I don't see any negative there, you know? No, no. You've got to love rolling four, don't you? Oh, it, it definitely feels better than rolling three. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or definitely feels better than rolling two. True, which, in turn, is far superior to the rolling of one. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> Speaking of rolling one, let's talk about his attacks now. Sure. So the first one is an energy attack called Electric Blast. A beam four, strength five, zero power cost. After each attack is resolved, this character gains one power, and he's got a wild shock trigger. Oh, yes. So, so Vision's mm. beam, except instead of sat power, it does shock. I love this. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I really love this. I think shock is a very underutilized condition in the game. And in our current setup of now attrition is really strong, being able to potentially shock people is going to be huge. Like, oh, hey, person that rolls five dice well now you're rolling four hey person that rolls four dice now you're only rolling three and it makes such a huge difference just that one die being gone oh it absolutely does like characters that do rapid fire and stuff like that if they're rolling three dice oh man it's so <laughs> much better to have them roll three dice <laughs> definitely yeah i think there's not a humongous amount of shock in the game at the minute is there uh there's not a ton you've got characters like thor can put it out um, I think there's characters that can put it out with some superpowers. Um, let me check. Let's find out. Yeah, not a huge amount, is there? Not a huge Again, this amount. On a, on a free attack and a beam attack at that, it's, it's pretty huge. Yeah, uh, Nebula can do some. I think Ronin. Oh, yeah. Ronin might be able to, to throw some shock mm. out there. Storm, Yep, maybe? Ronin or Storm, obviously. You know, but when when I yeah. put in and shout out to Cerebro MCP, you know, I'm, I will always give them give them a lot of love uh, because they have a feature where you can search by a tag and they have it tagged up for shock. Like if you just put in search by tag and you put in shock, you can see that there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight characters in the whole game. That can apply the shock special condition. That is not a lot. That is not a lot. And again, shout out to, to Cerebro MCP for being a really great builder app, uh, web-based builder app, because that's that's a really cool feature. Yeah, just having a look now. Hawkeye, Hood, Nebula, Ronin, Starlord, Storm, Thor. Yeah, and it's worth noting someone like Hood, he can do it but it requires him to use his dark lightning spender attack. So, you know, not super native, easy Hawkeye. He can do it, but, you know, you're probably going to be doing some other conditions on Hawkeye there, maybe with his full quiver, you know, maybe bleed. Eh, shock is probably a really good one for that, but, you know, you know, it just depends on the matchup and whatnot. Nebula, she's got it, and it's only on a four-dice mm. strike, though, on a wild. So yeah. kind of tough. Star Lord has to use his spender, I think, to get it. Yeah, full auto has to has to be the one to get it. Storm 
it's on her lightning. It's only four dice with a wild. So like, you know, I think the only one, the only one where it automatically applies, I think, is Thor because he does his hammer throw and then they automatically gain the shock special condition. Just looking now, Ronan's universal weapon, it's a wild push, but if it deals damage, then they gain shock. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, pretty mega. Yeah, so being able to get a beam four and with five dice, I mean, I want to say you're about 40% likely. I think if the ma- I think that's the math on, on a wild trigger on five dice. But, I mean, if you're setting up... I will take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't take my word for it. Somebody out there knows the math better than me, but I'm I'm just doing kind of quick what I think what I think I've done before <laughs> type math. But if you want to know, also in Cerebro MCP, which I am not a part of that, I'm not affiliated with it, but they do have a <laughs> dice calculator. We could figure that out, but I'm not going to do it right now. This but, show is not sponsored by Cerebro MCP. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where I think it's really underrated how good this is going to be when you're playing against the Crimson Dynamo and and being able that he's going to be able to shut down the offense of so many characters I think is really good. Yeah, and especially if you've got Dark Star in affiliations, you can have two defense dice for your team. It's kind of like really hard for the opposing team to do any damage and get all their triggers firing off. Oh yeah, and as also with Dark Star, I mean, he moves short so he's kind of a, a short mover but her being able to place him further up the board might be pretty good synergy synergies <laughs> what's his next attack Absolutely. homing rocket is a physical attack with a range of five strength of five and power cost of two the attack ignores line of sight and the defending character does not benefit from cover and we have a wild explosive so before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within two of the target characters suffer one damage. Nice. Nice. I love it. And we've seen this yeah. attack before on Iron Man. Yep. So, you know, solid. I, I would say spending two power to ignore a line of sight and make it to where the defender doesn't get cover is... It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a handy attack to have for when he's further down the board than you'd like him to be and you haven't yet built up the power on Darkstar or someone to pull him up the board into position. You can get him within range five. He can pop off an attack while he's lumbering up into position. Exactly. And another nice uh, use for it is against that pesky rocket. Him, you know, it, it's homing rockets because, you know, rocket will not benefit <laughs> from cover. <laughs> or is it you're firing rocket? rocket raccoons yes. out of your suit and they are homing <laughs> that's definitely what it is homing rocket like, raccoons like a homing pigeon but a homing rocket raccoon exactly exactly so it is worth noting uh, anytime a character like rocket as an example says this character always benefits from cover if an attack targeting that character says the defending character does not benefit from cover then he won't benefit from cover so mm-hmm. just keep that in mind whenever you're using this attack. Absolutely. So that's all for his attack suite. And David, how do you feel like in the overall with this attack suite? Do you feel like it's decent or do you feel like it's lacking something? Yeah, I do. I mean, homing rocket, I don't think is as good as electric glass. Probably not going to get used nearly as much, but I'd rather have 
two attacks with one really good and one not as good in one attack. Oh, Other for than sure. a slap in the face, but overall, yeah, to- totally solid. Yeah, I think that it's a simple kit in a lot of ways, but I don't think it's really missing anything too huge. Like, okay, he doesn't have a true, like, big spender attack, but I don't think he needs it once we kind of get into this superpowers and stuff because I think much yeah. like vision you're going to use his beam more often than not like vision has a really great spender in synthesoid avenger but most of the time you're using his superpowers and other stuff to spend his power so yeah. I could kind of see a similar thing here with crimson dynamo I think you're going to see a lot of electric blast yeah I mean not everyone in Marvel comics is bringing the hammer down constantly are they this is true. And of everyone doing whopping great attacks constantly. This is very true. So now let's talk about his superpowers. And we have mm. the Winter Guard leadership here on Crimson Dynamo, the unbreakable red line. At the start of an allied character's activation, it may remove one special condition. Additionally, it has. When an allied character is contesting a secure objective and would be pushed, it may roll a die on a critical, wild, or block result. It is not pushed. I really like this leadership, David. Yeah. There's some crying Asgard players out there. I know, right? I'm one of them. Ugh. The yeah. pain having to spend a power to get rid of a special condition, but this one's just straight up, you just get to remove a special condition. I, I just really yeah. like that. I think that it means we're going to see a lot of Winter Guard on something like Demons Downtown. Mm. Maybe maybe yeah, the we... Mayor Fisk or the Terrigen Mists also, because those conditions really aren't going to matter. Now, yeah, it is worth noting that it is at the start of an allied character's activation, it may remove one. So unlike the Asgard where at the start of your turn, you know, you can pay, like if, if Loki's not activating, I think you can pay off a of Loki to, right, at the start of each of your turns, one allied character can spend a power to remove a damage or special condition. So it doesn't have to yeah. be the active character. Whereas with Winter Guard here, it has to be the active character. So you definitely have to plan yeah. your activations and stuff like that if you're wanting to get rid of those special conditions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But still, regardless of that, strong, strong leadership. I really like how this team is shaping out. Just get them on the field, park them up, and just leave them to it. Absolutely. And then, yeah, let's talk about the other part of this leadership here. On a critical, wild, or block result, they aren't pushed off an objective. Now, it's only pushed... They can still be placed. They can still be advanced from different different things. But again, those pesky web warriors can't push them off. Black Swan with her punch can't push them off. Juggernaut can't push them off if they are successful in this role. And it's worth noting, on an eight-sided die in Marvel Crisis Protocol, you have one crit, one wild, and one block result. So you're going to have... Less than 50% chance that this is going to work, but still pretty good odds. Mm. So I Do think you it's... think, Will, that we will see a lot of Heimdall in a Winter Guard list? 
I mean, I, I, I think it's likely. Uh, I mean, when you look at Crimson Dynamo, he's four, right? Dark Stars three, Ursa Major. We know from the spoiler spoiler alert. Not we're not going to talk about Ursa on this podcast today, but is a four. So like, I could see you putting Heimdall here, and I think Heimdall works really well with Crimson Dynamo being able to kind of get him to bump that damage up with an electric blast, right? Being able to to kind of boost up some defensive rerolls, boost up objective rerolls, stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I personally think Heimdall is a candidate for being in a lot of places, but I think he, he does synergize nicely with what I think Winter Guard's going to want to be doing. Yeah, I'm, I think I might be having a brain fart on one of his powers. I'm sure one of his superpowers is uh, re-rolling dice, isn't it? Yeah, so Heimdall, Heimdall's superpower is re-rolling dice for defense, offense, and dodges, and on objectives. So I don't know if he's going to be able to re-roll for the leadership. Ah, uh, true. But I still yeah, think not... he's a worthy candidate, though. Mm, sorry. Yes, I might just be getting my rules crossed. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Forgive me. No, we shall not forgive you. How dare you? Okay. You're never invited back. <laughs> Am I going to get a, uh, a video sent over of Nate just shaking his head slowly? That's, pre- that's pretty much what himself. it is. Yep, he's just going gonna to have his arms crossed, head down, shaking it like, oh my gosh. This guy. Who invited you? I'm kidding. <laughs> so, even without that, though, even without Heimdall being able to kind of help with this leadership, I still think it's good. And it's one of those where it's it's not the best leadership, right? Like, it, it's not some, some leadership that's game-breaking. You know, it's not helping you in the power economy game or anything like that but it's decent to the point where you know we just talked about shock being a condition that you might see with crimson dynamo so being able to remove those conditions you know being able to play around the condition game a little better now is one that yeah. i think is nice i mean sitting there playing with your characters all on fire from incinerates you know you don't have to worry about that as much and i really like that and then just the little gravy of well maybe i won't be pushed off this objective I think it's kind of nice. Mm. And, and, you know, even if it is only 40% of the time, you're going to not be pushed off still, you know, it's a dice rolling chance. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was saying before how I play a lot of ultimate encounters, but when I do play one-on-ones, really the guys I play with, some of them are quite young. Do they just love Marvel? They're not really into miniatures games. It's nice to have a few affiliations now where, you're not having to sculpt lists for them beforehand. You can just grab some cards and say, there you go, just just read this card, get those models down, and, and you can do whatever you want. And it's a bit more forgiving than, say, a, a Convocation or a, a Dark Dimension or something like that. Oh, absolutely. It's nice to have access to those kind of abilities. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. Is it, you know, it's a bit forgiving, you know, and, and kind of what you see is what you get right here. Yeah. So the next superpower we have here is another active superpower. It is overcharge capacitors. It's going to cost you zero power, but it will cost you an action. In that big, bold text underneath, it will cost you an action to do this. This character gains 
two power. I love this superpower as someone who plays Mordo a lot. Being able to <laughs> move and then just gain two power right off the rip is awesome. Yeah, especially when you consider how much his other superpowers cost. Exactly. Speaking of, his next <laughs> superpower is an active one called Propulsion Thrusters. It's going to cost you two power. Look at that. Place this character within range two of its current position. The superpower can be used only once per turn. So I love this too. I mean, we talked about Darkstar being able to place him further up the board, but he's got his own place on that 50 millimeter base. I love it. I mean, that's like cable right there. Yeah. And bargain two power for range two place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if you are keeping track of kind of the power economy, if you're not paying to interact with Crimson Dynamo on turn one, you can move, overcharge capacitors. That's going to give you three power. Start of the next turn, you can have four power to start, propulsion thrusters to get into range to do an electric blast, and then maybe have some power left over for a reactive superpower, which is disruption field, will cost you two power. So there you go. Look at all this synergy. When this character or another allied character is targeted by an enemy attack and the enemy is within range three of this character, it may use this superpower. This character may re-roll up to two of the attacker's dice. Before we discuss this superpower, let's just take a minute for just a little bit of applause. What a segue. What a segue. <laughs> That's why you're the host. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm bowing in front of my computer right now. If people could see me, they would see me bowing. Thank you. Thank you. Hold the applause. I do it for the people. <laughs> I do it for the suits out you there. You bow to the will of no duck. I bow to the will of no one. <laughs> <gasps> yes. <laughs> so. This speech is shocking. It's <laughs> shocking indeed. So if you are kind of going through all of this here. Remember, homing rockets cost you two as well. So the propulsion thrusters into an electric blast, into a homing rockets, maybe having some power left over for a disruption field, or saving two powers so another propulsion thrusters right off the rip on the next turn. You know, stuff like that, I think, is creating a character that's going to be very dynamic. And when you look at his short move, you think, oh man, you know, Venom, Cable, that kind of thing. I really feel like he's going to be really dynamic and, and going to be able to be more mobile and position himself very interestingly on the battlefield. And this disruption field, I want to talk about this for a second because when you're targeted by an enemy attack, you can re-roll up to two of the attacker's dice. I really like that because most defensive tech that we have is one where it's you're affecting your own dice. But it, it's really nice to be able to say, okay, you rolled those two wilds. Well, you're going to re-roll those, and now I'm not going to have the shot condition or the bleed condition or that wild pierce is gone now. Stuff like that I think is really good. But I do want to go ahead and note, it is worth looking at the timing chart here. And I think that the timing of attacks, like so when you are 
re-rolling your opponent's dice. So that happens all the way down in, let's see here, step nine of the your opponents modified your dice isn't it i think yes so the way it works is it's modified dice step which is step nine so players modify their their dice so the attacker would do whatever they're going to do then the defender would do whatever the defender's going to do then players modify their opponent's dice so the attacker would get to apply things like pierce and stuff like that first and then the defender applies their modifications to the attacker. And even if your die is getting pierced, right? Like even if you, let's say you rolled three successes on defense and one of those is getting pierced. Okay. That's fine because you can still make them re-roll those dice after the fact. And then, well, I mean, it's still, they're potentially not counting successes anyways. So I, I just really like that. But I will say, mm. just remember that the attacker always has the advantage. But, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I've rolled plenty of other dice and seen it where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to roll these two crits in, and those two crits are blanks or skulls or something like that. <laughs> yep, we've all been there. I love, I love the superpower synergy with uh, Darkstar's power as well, where she uh, has the same effect uh, an attack coming in within range three, but she gets to add two dice to her allies. Oh yeah! Oh, that's a nice bit of synergy right there too. Mm, design. I know, right? Look at that! Look at that! It's like yeah. they know what they're doing. I love yeah. it. So you can see it though. If you get one of your allies gets a big attack coming in, these guys can either just dump their power into protecting that person. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Die for the defense and then rerolling two attack die. That's huge. It's pretty great. And then last two superpowers we have here are carbonadium matrix alloy. When this character would carbonadium? suffer. Yeah, I know. Car- carbon. Oh, I'm sorry. I Carborundum. said. Yeah. Carborundum. Sorry. I, I was <laughs> over here thinking about Omega Red. <laughs> I know. Mazane's getting twitchy. He is. Carborundum matrix alloy. So, you know. The, the, the reds can't just keep it simple. When this character would suffer damage from an enemy effect, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one. And then he has flight because of course he does. But I love it. I mean, look, damage reduction. He's got six stamina. Nothing changes on his injured side, worth noting. So he's got a total of 12 and he's reducing by one. I love it. Yeah, it's just great. I mean, just everything on this card. It's not mind blowing, but it's just really generally good. Yeah, and that, and I think you you nailed it right there. It's just solid. Like I don't think it's it's anything that is going to, you know, rewrite the the meta of Crisis Protocol. But at the same time, it's solid. And the thing about it is, it's very splashable. It's a very splashable kit. Definitely, you're not pulling a Bill and Ted as soon as you see the card and like. Whoa. <laughs> but as you read it like every every attack and superpower okay, maybe not booming rockets but everything else in your mind you start picturing scenarios where yeah that'll be really useful there that'll be really useful there that'll be really useful there absolutely and he's a character that 
I could see myself splashing into a lot of different places. And, you know, as, as a winter guard, as the faction, I think it's, it's solid, right? But mm. when, when you start putting Crimson Dynamo in places where he can get access to other teleports, you know, let, let's, let's take the dark star equation out of it. Right. Like yeah. places like convocation where a Clea can teleport him or a strange can scalpel him up and stuff like that. And then he's able to use his own propulsion thrusters and whatnot to, to get places or somewhere like defenders is an interesting place for him being able to change his electric blast to match whatever the weaker defense is of the opponent and applying hex, you know, stuff like that, I think mm. is just going to be incredible. And, and like, let's look at the defender's leadership real quick, because I think it's worth noting here that he can pay one power and get to do that, you know, get, it, it gets to change the attack type and then potentially put hex out if he does damage. I think hex that beam. it's a hex beam. Exactly. He's hex beaming people. <laughs> You know, fantastic. Yeah, I was I was trying to think earlier today what what affiliations I think would really fit in, and it's just everywhere. Yeah, anywhere you want him to go, he'll he'll refine and he'll do work. Yeah, I I think that you know fitting in a four threat character can sometimes be a little difficult, but I think by and large you're not going to be disappointed having him on the table in general. I think some places that are going to be particularly spicy would be Criminal Syndicate both versions shadowlands daredevil mm -hmm. and kingpin both would be really strong i think for crimson dynamo i mean being able to get beam re-rolls off that big base on the shadowland daredevil version i think is going to be super nasty and then shocking the opponent when you're playing as shadowland so that just limits their clap back and you're already kind of out fighting most people uh, I just, uh, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I like how he's just really self-sufficient as well. Oh, yeah. He's got a little bit of everything on his card, and that's just nice for a player like me who sometimes just wants to open the box and slap a character down on the table without too much thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm heavily impressed. And, like, I could see somewhere like Midnight Suns be really fun for him. Yeah, place within one, yeah. Movement shenanigans, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. It was just extra placement movement shenanigans. And, you know, as as a convocation player mainly now, I, I look at what I like to do and if I can limit my opponent's attack dice, then that's something that I'm trying to do. And being able to shock my opponent potentially and have a character that has some mobility to them and is a little bit tanky, it intrigues me. Like, I'm using Shadowland Daredevil as my, like, flex four right now, but yeah. I kind of like the idea of Crimson Dynamo, too, and maybe sliding him in there if the points don't match up right to be kind of flexing both of them in, playing a little taller, and trying to put those shock conditions out being able to use the disruption field to keep my own characters a little safer, stuff like that. I, I think it's just really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Be a lot of theory crossing around, isn't it? So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what about for you, though? Do you see anywhere else that kind of jumps out of you? I know you said pretty much everywhere, but is there any other kind of like 
this spot? You know, I was thinking and thinking and thinking when I should have been working. Um, and honestly, no. Nowhere immediately jumped out as, yeah, stick him in here, stick him in here. I think whatever affiliation anyone plays, there'll be room for him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. And man, I can just, I'm just like salivating with the <laughs> idea of, of a ferocity of Sidorak getting to re-roll or add two dice to his shock beam, you know, for just one attack, yeah. just, just one of the beams, but still it makes me happy to think about that. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Imagine the joy as well of Steve Avengers getting all those superpowers for one. Oh, oh yeah, I know. That'd be, that'd be so fun to be able to do that. But I mean, look, Captain America and then Crimson Dynamo. I mean, are they even allowed to be on a team together? (laughs) I don't know. Only when the world's at stake. Only when the world's at stake. That's right. Only when you're fighting against like Dark Dimension or Black Order. That's it. Noel's on his way. Noel's on his way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we've got uh, Malekith on his big dragon (gasps) tiger. To worry about. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on that. We'll be here all day. Oh yeah. I'm excited. But anyways, David, <laughs> let's put a bow on this episode because I think we had a really great discussion here and and I really like these characters. I think that they're both they're both really interesting in their own right. And Dark Star I think is gonna take a little bit of finesse to kind of get the maximum out of and kind of kind of gonna play a little bit of a different game. And maybe Crimson Dynamo, whereas Crimson Dynamo, I think, is is one that you're going to see a lot on the tabletop for people. And I think that's fine. I think he's just generically good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's just good, and you probably won't have a bad time playing him. So, you know. Absolutely. And we'll keep our eyes peeled and see what... Uh... That's the major in Red Guardian brings to the affiliation. Absolutely. Hopefully, we're going to have a mini extravaganza starting up here this weekend, so we'll get some new course, fun stuff there. And Asgard terrain. Asgard terrain. Asgard terrain. Let's see it. I hope for it. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited for all of that. And real quick, I do want to say that with this here today, we're eight days as of this recording, but when you're hearing this, which will be on the 14th. That will be just six days away from the end of our painting competition. So if you're planning on participating in that, make sure you get your entries submitted to the Google form that will be in the link to this description, the pinned post on top of our Facebook page, or if you're part of our Discord community, it's the pinned post on the painting tab that is in there. You can submit your pictures through that. If you have any problems submitting, just reach out to me and we'll figure it out. I will I will do what I need to do to, to get that sorted out for you. It shouldn't be a problem. It's been working fine. So we've got a bunch of good entries so far already. So I just can't wait to see what everybody else is submitting for us here. If you're curious about how you'll be scored and all of that stuff, you can check that out. On the scoring rubric, it's also a link in uh, all those places that I mentioned. And it's July 20th. That's your last day to submit. So we'll be announcing the winner not long after that. So make sure to 
check that out. And we're doing a theme of Shadowlands Daredevil theme or Shadowlands theme. So find out the characters that are in that run and and paint up one of those and and submit it and it'll be a good time. And also, if you're interested on how to be a part of our Discord community, it's through Patreon, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can join on our Discord community over there as be part of the patron community that we have. It is the best community. I love it. It's chill. You know, it's it's active, but it's not, you know, blowing you up with notifications and stuff like that and all that fun stuff. It's a good time. Lots of strategy talk, lots of movies talk, lots of off-topic, you know, different stuff that we discuss, just all kinds of fun, different things. So make sure to come and check that out if you want to be a part of that and support the show, help pay for giveaways and stuff like that, which we'll be doing another one. Once we kind of get some more announcements here, we'll we'll have another giveaway, which I'm really excited for. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, David, uh, where can people find you? Hey, you're probably easier either finding me on Facebook. I'm normally in the Crest Protocol group. Uh, David Kirby is my name. Or my blog is just, just Google or Bing or however you like to live your life, search engine-wise, inspiring monologue blog, and it should crop up in the top few results. Oh, yeah. Yep. Easy peasy. Google it. It'll it'll come right up. So make sure to give the inspiring monologue some love there. Get get those clicks for our friend David here. And uh, also you can send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com and send us messages on Facebook. Let us know what you guys think of Crimson Dynamo and Dark Star and what the Winter Guard is shaping up to be here. I uh, I think they're they're very interesting and they look really fun. So make sure to Let us know what you think there. And with that, party on, David. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.